Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to look back over last weekend's Division 3 League final between Templeport and Drummolee. We're going to look ahead to the league final in Division 1 this coming Sunday. It's Crushlaw taking on Calvin Gales. Briefly, we look ahead to the relegation playoff between Drumgoon and Ballamacue. It's a replay. Um, and we'll also be discussing the Calvin managerial situation as a uh, Nothing has been ratified or clarified yet as to what's happening with Mickey Graham. As always, I'm joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the anglo Sun. I suppose that's as good a place as any to start on the, the Mickey Graham story because I was away for a few days and I had numerous messages about, well, this is a definite and that's a definite and Longford's available and he's he's in the hat for the Monaghan job. Oh, the Monaghan boys are going to take him. Jason Sherlock's now taking the Monaghan job over here. So the, the rumours just keep on flying up in the air until this is put to bed and it's still not put to bed. Yeah, it's funny. I had a piece on the back page of the Celtics this week, Damien. I know you're away. You're only home. Uh, it's basically, I spoke to two sources in the county board and the, the feeling is that they've received indications that he's going to stay on. Um, but Mickey hasn't confirmed anything yet. One person on the board said to me that he thinks that the chairman's away uh, on holidays. That has delayed maybe things. Um, as I mentioned last week, the board wanted to ratify Mickey last Monday week, and he said no. He wanted to check with his backroom. Uh, obviously Martin Corey has stepped down. He's going to need to be replaced. I don't know. Um. Are Ryan McManaman and Shawnee Johnson going to remain on or is he going to shake that up or what's going to happen there? Uh, so the impression I got was that they're waiting on uh, on Mickey to confirm his backroom team and they're going to try and ratify the whole lot together. Right, right. Whether okay. that's right or not, I don't know. I would wonder, the longer this drags on, the more the doubt is going to grow that maybe he's not going to take it. And my fear on that is it's it's not healthy. It's not a healthy situation because then... Are players starting to think, well, what's happening here? Or look at, I suppose they're all focused on the club championship. So it's pretty much irrelevant for the time being. But if it drags on another three, four, five weeks and you still haven't it confirmed or you have to start looking for a manager, worst case scenario, then all of a sudden you're in a, you're in a situation that, that is, is far from desirable. Oh, it's, you're in an awful situation then because it's hard to get good managers. You're not just getting the managers, you get a backroom in place as well. Um, and you likely will end up with a second rate setup if it, if it drags on too long. Bear in mind that Mayo are looking for a manager and I've had a good few weeks at it. Mead were looking for a manager, I got a good few weeks at it. And Colin O'Rourke took it. Darren are looking for a manager. Like, mm. Darren were very bullish that James McCartan was staying on. Like, I know someone who spoke to a, a Darren official and was told four or five weeks ago, no, James McCartan's definitely staying on. He dropped the bomb last week that he's leaving. 
And obviously Monaghan looking for a manager as well. As you mentioned there, Jason Sherlock has been heavily linked with that job. <clears throat> so it's, it wouldn't be an ideal situation at all for Cavan uh, if Mickey Graham wasn't to stay on. My gut feeling all along has, has been that he will uh, remain on the job. I still think that. Um, and I'd say there's an element of people adding up two and two and getting five and saying, well, yeah. Like the 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 Longford rumor is a very strong rumor, and like we know he has strong links in Mullinyakta, and I could see what would be attractive about Longford Farm, in that, you'd imagine because he's he's so well got with the Mullinyakta lads and all the success they had together that he could convince those lads to go in immediately. He could be adding six or seven very good players to his panel, and Longford's big problem is that they've struggled badly the last couple of years to get fellas to commit. They could have been anything up to 15 lads that were good enough for that panel weren't on it last year. So that would be an attractive thing uh, for him. But, you know, it, I think it would be unprecedented for a manager to to go from one county to, to a neighbouring county. Um, and, like, he would be leaving on good terms with Cavan. It's not a thing that there was a fallout or that there was, we'll say, like, back in 2001, Val Andrews left. Uh, in rank, in sort of a rancorous situation, that actually happened on September 11, 2001, the night of the 9/11 attacks, where he there was a county board meeting and some clubs brought a vote of no confidence, and he actually won the vote. But because there was a vote of no confidence, he decided to step down. They got to the Ulster final. There was a vote of no confidence in in Tommy Carr, if you remember, and he won that as well. There's none of that. There's none of that going on at the minute. So it would mm. be a very strange situation for a manager who basically seems to have the backing of the board and the clubs. Uh, to to just step away and then take on another county immediately. Uh, someone said to me maybe it would be a James Horan type situation where he'd step away from it and say, look, it's, players need a fresh voice and he might come back to the job at some stage in the future. I don't know. It's not ideal that it's dragging on, but I, I expect from the, the two sources I spoke to, I expect uh, that he's going to be ratified in the job. But the other thing, not to keep going on in a soliloquy here, Damien, it, it what what I was told was that he's at the moment firming up his backroom team. If that's going on, and I'm not doubting that is going on, but I have heard nobody linked with the backroom team. I haven't heard one name uh, linked with with going into the cabin backroom. Have you? Have having said that, no, no, I definitely have. I've heard nobody. I've heard nothing like that. But having said that, I didn't hear about Ricey until it was done. Yeah, until that was a scoop. That was a scoop on the forty two dot a, which was a great one at the time. Like these things, in fairness to Mickey Graham, and we've seen it, that nothing gets out. If he doesn't want it to get out, it it doesn't get out. If he wants it to get out, it gets out, and everybody knows about it. But nothing that he wants doesn't want to get out doesn't get out. He's he's very good at keeping his cards close to his chest. So that those negotiations could be going on in the background, and the 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 people that he trusts one hundred percent not to say a word know about it and nobody else knows about it. So I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, read too much into that to be honest. But I suppose the the interesting thing like the the whole James Horan idea of as in that that he might do a James Horan go and come back. I, I'm not that sure that that's that's feasible or even like if he leaves now is the goodwill going to continue? You know, or are people going to go? Oh God, why did you leave now? Like we had, we had another two or three years, maybe with 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 the the top performers generally at their peak or or in kind of coming down off the top of the hill, in terms of their 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 duration as a county footballer. So, 
And and even with that, then is he confident that there's enough coming through? There's no evidence that there's enough coming through. We we've we've made one Ulster final at underage in the last how many years? You know, all right, all right. No, I love for the bragging there. No, no, but I mean, no, I, I'm talking. <laughs> it's definitely not bragging. We lost. There's no oh. bragging available on it. But like no, no, the point being, what what would entice him back for another stint at it? Mm. You know, I I don't I don't buy that. I don't uh, personally. I don't buy that. I think the attractive part of when he took it was that the players that won, the majority of the players that won the, that four Ulster on the 21 titles and the minor, they were at their peak and therefore it was attractive. But I, I, I don't see that that second stint. Now, the Longford thing is the interesting one for me because you have that, those players you're talking about from Mullignac that are at that peak age that if they don't, if they don't go in and play for the next manager, it's done. They're not mm. going to play. And they are players that would make huge impact onto that Longford team. So maybe there's a window of opportunity to win a Division 3, um, maybe make a Leinster final with a lucky draw um, with Longford. But is there maybe a Talchon Cup? But is there is there... There's no Leinster title in that Longford side, I don't think. Like you've a better chance of an Ulster title with Cavan than, than a Leinster title with, with Longford. Would, would that be fair? Yeah, I think that. I think that would be fair. Like Historically, like... They've only won one in their history, and they don't have a history of making Leinster finals. Wherever we have uh, recent and and uh, ancient, <laughs> so yeah. like, yeah, it's it's interesting. Personally, I I think I think he should stay on. Personally, I th- I'd like to see. I think there's unfinished business there. Like, I don't think you become a bad team overnight, um, but certainly I think. A lot of the stuff I was saying about the team was proven to be wide of the mark. We don't cope well as favourites. And mm. that's because we get carried away. And we think we're better than we are. And that's what happened, in my opinion, in the, the Tatcha Cup final. I, I knew it when Mickey said, sorry, Darren, when Mickey said, when he was asked a few days before the final, and normally, like, he's a pleasure to deal with. Should yeah. say that straight off. Like, he's very obliging with his time. And he's a nice man to talk to. He'll answer your calls. And that could, Look, that's a, a mark of of a, a good fella, like, and mm-hmm. not every not everyone in football is is like that. Um, but I, he was asked in an interview a few days before the final, um, "Is this the best Cavan family I've been involved in?" And it, it struck me, he was like, "Yeah, it is. It is. It's the best." And like, I know I was saying it was the best as well, but I'm not the manager, um, even though it probably should be. But yeah, uh, <laughs> in your opinion, <laughs> as, as I said, as I said to you after. After the tactical final, I'm starting to think Mickey Graham doesn't even listen to the podcast or put any weight on my opinion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> but he, when he answered that question, he was like, "Yeah, without hesitation." He's like, "Yeah, this is the best panel and all that." And immediately, I thought, "Oh, oh, I don't like that," because one of his panels, panel. one of his panels, won the Ulster title. And if you're going around thinking we have a better panel than the panel that won the Ulster title, then by extension, you're you're kind of thinking we're going to win this game on Sunday and. and there was only there's only two credible answers to that question in that particular moment in time, a few days before a Talson Cup final. One is a definite, definitive yes, because you're given confidence. You're saying, yeah, the, this is the best panel. I think that it is the best panel. And you should nearly always do that, in my opinion. Um, so I, I don't blame him for that. The other credible answer is potentially yes, but until they go and get championship silverware, 
the question mm. can can still be asked of them. So they've got to come out and show it. Mm. So they're, they're the two answers that a manager, a manager cannot go, ah, no, she's that 2020 team was way better. Yeah, well, I think your oh, second I answer, I think your second answer was preferable. But I, look, what's said in interviews is is irrelevant to the result of a match. I, I believe that. And we I think um, footballers and managers and all get spooked and they put too much stock on what's said in interviews. But what it does do is it gives you an insight into the, into the mindset. And I just thought, Kevin are really, they really think they're going to win this game. Uh, mm. And we don't cope well in that situation because we're probably not good enough and haven't been good enough. Why, why, do, we, why do we not cope well as favourites? Because we're probably not good enough. Uh, to, 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 to hold favourites tags for yeah. long enough. Yeah. better. Our big performances is where we raise it up when we're, when we're underdogs. But, and the but best teams can play like underdogs. With underdogs that can't, exactly. That can't continue. If Kevin are to be successful, you cannot remain to be underdogs. No, but you can have that underdogs mentality. Like we definitely we had that in twenty twenty. And Tarot. Well we were underdogs in twenty twenty. Yeah. But yeah funny you're right. When, and the funny when thing have we had when have we had that mentality when we've been favourites? We've probably had it against down, in fairness. We we we, we, walked, ha- we yeah, had it against and against, 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 and against Antrim, I'd say. And against Antrim. We put them to the sword very well. Yeah. So so we probably have done it on a few occasions this year and done it well. But on a lot of occasions, we we didn't do it well. So but we didn't do it well in the league, and like we're going yeah. to be talking about Temple Port. I think even though Temple Port had a had a their worst performance came in the final, as we get to, they they came out of Division Three the way you'd want them to come out of Division Three. Mm. They just they put teams to the sword, and there was no messing about. Like Cavan didn't. Yeah, yeah, I I, I completely agree. I completely agree. The, the the last thing I I would say is on the whole favorites. Tag. It's one thing for me and you, who have nothing to do with the setup and nothing to do with the players, to get carried away and say, "Yeah, I think they're great, and I think they're too good for the Talchin Cup, or I think they're going to win the final easy." It's one thing for us. The players must be in a different frame of mind all the time. They, they, they have to be. As Jim Gavin was a, you know, the result isn't the important part. The performance is the is the important part. As boring as it sounds to the rest of us inside the bubble, that has to be the only frame of mind. And I don't think that, that was the frame of mind inside the bubble all the time this year. The performance mm. was the the most important part. Mm. Um, just just before we move off that, make one one shout. I hope Mickey Graham stays on as manager, and if he does, he'll be into a fifth year. And we've seen before that. You can continue. You continue to make to do excellent things in the fifth year because the best manager in in recent GA history and, and probably overall, who's Colin Collins from Clare, he like he's into his seventh year, and he he you know Colin Collins from, he, he's the manager of Colin Collins and Clare. He's 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 in the seven. He did seven years, and look how, how well they're going. Like look at their great performance there against Derry. So, uh, yeah. I love, I love it. I love it. You can't just, you can't just get rid of the t- cantagorous little bit. And it has to come out at some stage. No, I love, I love Colin Collins. Don't get me wrong. You definitely do. You just, you just hate the way he's, he's taken over a county. There's no longer. It's not his fault, but I, I'm a, I'm a contrarian, as someone said there recently. And I hate, I hate, I hate when someone, someone pisses on your leg and tells you it's raining. But it is Colin Collins' slayer. The CCC, as I call them. The CCC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the KGB. Um, okay. Look, at, we, we, we hope hope there's an end to the saga and hope it comes soon. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely keep on top of it. Uh, let's look back on, on last weekend's Division 3 final, Templeport against Drummond Considering 
Drummond lost by 16 points in the group stage game of the league um, to come out with a, a two point, sorry, I'm right in saying, yeah, two point def- defeat on Saturday than last was was credible for Drummond But I, I didn't get to the game because they were both on at the same time. But um, was it was it credit to Drummond or or was it that Templeport weren't at the top of their game? Um, I think it was a bit of both. Eddie Halligan covered the game for for the Anglo Celt, and uh, Eddie put together an excellent match report. And I was just chatting to him about it after, and he said, the first and foremost, he said there was a great crowd and a brilliant atmosphere at the game. He said that was one thing that struck him. And he said, so when you're talking about the game of the pod, make sure you mention that because he said it was a hell of an occasion. I suppose it was a a novel final in a sense that um, these two teams wouldn't have met in a, probably in a county final before, and. Uh, neither of them has been in a, been in that many finals in, in recent years. So that was that was a, the first thing he said. He he felt that Tampa Port were very flat on the evening. Now what he said to me is it was a long campaign, but it was Drummond's campaign was just as long. But you know they have won fifteen. They've now won fifteen games in a row, which is remarkable stuff. Like in 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 adult football to win fifteen games in a row, it was a brilliant achievement. But he felt they were leggy and they were tired, but. Huge credit has to go to Drummond. Said the tenacity of the Drummond defense was was a sight to behold. He said they really worked hard for each other. But the key period was possibly uh, where Temperport could have won it was in the first twenty minutes of the second half, where where Drummond didn't really register any attacks even in the first twenty minutes of the second half. Like they were one eight to six down and were struggling, but Lee Dunn got a point with. Uh, on 51 minutes to get them going and they just started to gain confidence Mickey Brennan was playing great stuff on the inside line and Kieran O'Malley had brought uh, Keane Bourne out to the half forward line in the second half and Keane was influential he was able to find Mickey inside and he was able to chip over scores himself um, and they got very very close uh, but Templeport just had that bit of quality they had a great performance by Owen Doonan who scored 1-6 including a brilliantly taken goal and in the end, a lot of it just came down to a super block very late on in the game by Sean Dolan playing the captain's part for Temple Port on a, a rocket of an effort from from Keane Bourne Bomber, which was goal-bound. And that's what cemented the win. So uh, Dylan Raythorn, who we mentioned before, has been playing brilliant stuff uh, in that usual attacking role, um, even though he often lines out with a defender's number on his back, but he's very comfortable going forward. He scored three points from play. Owen Doonan scored 1-6. Um, did I miss a score there somewhere? I think uh, I think the two lads might have been yeah, doing two, yeah, two one, nine, yeah, one, one nine. Oh, one nine was all that uh, they scored, and it was just the two fellas that did the score. And now they were missing Liam Maguire as well, and uh, uh, Connor Maguire, isn't it? Uh, the other young forward, uh, so they weren't just at full strength up front, but Connor Galligan. Conor Galligan, sorry, yeah. or sorry, Liam Gallagher and Conor Galligan. Sorry, sorry, yeah. I was going. Is there two Templeport players here? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Liam and Conor Gallagher. For Drummond, um, Keen Bourne scored three points, two from play. Mickey scored two points. Lee Dunn scored a point. Sean O'Kane scored two frees. Greg Duffy scored two points. He's been scoring freely. He's got three, mm. three the previous game as well. Brian Coombs, who we talked about last week, he came in for a start there. Brilliant, um, brilliant range of kickouts by Brian Coombs. Uh, Drummond missed a penalty. In the first half, I think, and am I right in saying or missed? Yeah, I think I, I think they missed the penalty or missed the goal. Am I wrong in saying it was a penalty? Uh, I'm not sure if it was a penalty. Um, yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a note, a note taken of that. But Tomas O'Keefe was denied by a brilliant save from Donald Maguire. 
um, at one stage. So Donal okay. was was in Nets for the support. I was um, told that there was three goal chances for for Drummond all missed. Um, and I thought somebody. Now maybe I'm wrong because this was it could have been Sunday night in in, in McGinty's bar, but I thought somebody said to be twice so Keith missed the penalty. But actually, now that I think about it, he wouldn't be taking a penalty when you've Keith Bourne on the field. And yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. so it was well, it was well said. We don't. So look, I think I think talking to a Tampa Portman, he was saying like the lads were a bit disappointed, which probably shows that their eyes were on bigger things. But they shouldn't be disappointed after a great league season, 15 wins. They deservedly got the cup at the end of it, so they'll come away probably. They got the trophy, which was which was the objective, but the management will probably be happy enough. They'll not be getting carried away with themselves and it'll probably mm-hmm. keep keep their feet in the ground. Whereas Drummer Lee have a huge amount to, to take from it as well. Um promotion obviously, but uh running Temple Port so close. Temple Port who are fancy to have a good run in intermediate, Drummer Lee and the junior obviously. So they'll take a lot from that as well. So um I think both sets of players can look back on a very good league and both managements as well. It's it's one thing and again you know, not every team can win. Um, but for Drumley, they've only lost two games so far this year. And both of them have come to Templeport and one on top of the other shows progress. And that that is a management team. I'm sure Kieran O'Malley is just delighted with that because you know, from, from sixteen points to bring down to two in the space of five weeks, probably five, six weeks, I'd say, between the games, that that shows massive progress, or even less actually, sorry, four weeks maybe between the games. shows massive progress. It shows he's moving things in the right direction. Now, the, the thing is, you're going to take another jump up probably in the junior championship, so Drummond will need to continue to maintain that progress over the next few weeks. But one thing's for sure, that under Kieran O'Malley, Drummond have steadied the ship and started pointing it in the right direction and, and are making good, good headway um, in that direction because... They um they know what they're trying to do. They know how they're trying to play. They've they've got the best out of the majority of the players that are available, and there's still some to come back into that Trombley team. So Trombley should be should be getting better over the next few weeks as well. So looking looking forward to that. But for Templeport, I'd say that they'll. And again, this isn't the takeaway from Trombley, but I wouldn't be surprised. But Templeport, having gained promotion, and knowing that they're only a week out from championship. Decided it was time to get a bit of work done into the legs. Um, the week, the week in the build up to that league final, um, because from a few people, Templeport sounded a little bit sluggish, mm. and just weren't at the same pace of it. And and from a, a coaching point of view, it probably was the right decision to do that. Um, because you're going to sharpen the blades a little bit and, and and just add add in a wee bit more stamina. Um, over that week, so I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. But either way, Drumley could only play what was in front of them and, and put in a very credible performance. So, look, well done, well done to Templeport. Um, as one Templeport supporter, uh, text me on uh, the big the big L um, for 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 loser. I was saying, Do you know what? I'll take it on this occasion. It was it was one of those ones where you can say there was a moral victory for Drumley in that because there's progress <laughs> made. So. Yeah. And you know those Tampaport boys, they like to gloat a little bit. <laughs> or some of them do, anyway. Um, okay. Um, very, very quickly, just to let people know again about the relegation playoff between Drumgoon and Ballon McHugh replay. It's on in Terry Kyle again this uh, Saturday at 5.30. Um, so we're looking forward to that one. I'll be, I'll be at that, but I don't think there'll be much between the sides. The only news that I think on this one, Donald Keepock should be back in for Drumgoon. 
which should add um add a wee bit more to Stephen McGovern's options. But uh, this is this is still guaranteed to be a cracker. I can't see either side running away from it, so or running away with it. Um, with nothing else on a Saturday evening, I think we're going to see a massive crowd in Terry Kyle for this one because the one thing that is for sure, um, and I know I think I've seen you tweeting Paul about league finals, um, you know this time of year should have usually done. They're not usually this time of year. The, the relegation playoffs. I remember playing for Drummolee and, and, and coaching different teams and waiting for league finals in December, November. Like in 2018 with Mullahorn, we played the league final a week before Christmas. So it's not yeah. that long ago that league finals were, were in the depths of winter and, and, and relegation playoffs. We're seeing big crowds at these games because they're in the height of summer. I think it adds a wee bit more to the, to the whole thing that, the league finals are nearly guaranteed to be before championship. Uh, well, I know they have they have tried to get them run off. Um, like last year, if you remember, um, Garuna won the league before the championship. Casarahan won the league before the championship. Before that, there's been times where where mm. they haven't been able to get them run off, but there was time to get them all run off, and that's something that should have been done. But uh, of course, the split season is here now. The saving grace for every club footballer. So. Um, like people are going around going about the split season. Actually, the league has been played for, played off before the championship. This is amazing. But sure, yeah, same as last year. <laughs> so what's the difference like? Well, last year was a shortened league, wasn't it? Yeah, but, but same same as was it the twenty eighteen year or whatever. Where I have a great memory for league finals, but I do remember covering one there a few years ago where Castleman beat the Gales up in the Cross Keys, and that was before the championship as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I do think it'll 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 just steady the ship in terms of that we'll have uh, we will have more consistency of league finals being played. Someone, someone says to me it's given it's given the players certainty. I, I read a piece today by by Paul Rose, who who is probably the most perceptive commentator on the GEA uh, that there is in, in in print. And again, he started his argument by saying let's compute colleges. Which I, this is another bugbear of mine, actually. But uh, you just don't I, like holidays. <laughs> says the boy is just back from Italy. <laughs> <laughs> um, your, your man, uh, this fella says to me, "Oh, should give gives you certainty." And I said, "Yeah, it does give you certainty." But like, let's be realistic here. Forget about the COVID years because that was the kind of a, they were outliers. But like for twenty nine of the previous thirty years, everything. Uh, ran at the same time as in the championship started at the same time the league started at the same time and the championship ended at the same time so if you were getting a bus every morning to work and for 29 days out of 30 it comes at the same time I think you can safely say well I can plan now uh, and I have some degree of certainty already I don't need to well, no, what, the guards what to escort you, what this what counties are you talking about? I, I can only talk about Cavan I'm not yeah. I'm not okay with the club scene when they run their things in other counties, but in a lot of counties now that um, I saw on Twitter, I threw up a tweet the other day, and people were replying saying that the club championships actually actually starting later in a lot of counties now. What they're actually doing in in because I remember seeing that, and, and I know that Mayo, for example, are are still starting their club championship in September. But what they're doing is running the league now. So there's club football, there's league opportunity, and, and I think in Mayo, just speaking to one person over there, that. The idea was we'll run our leagues so people can then go away on holidays, which is your lovely bugbear. And then we'll run our championship in September. But it's it it didn't matter where Mayo went in the championship uh, in the All Ireland series. This was the format. League had started, I think, in in June or May, 
and they they ran it into so then once Mayo went out they just picked up into the league football with their club straight away and championship was always going to start in September so again it was just a certainty in, in comparison mm. to other years when the All-Ireland final was in the second weekend in September you know no club player in Mayo knew exactly when their championship was going to start it was it was mm. it, it could fluctuate within a month we'll say a month of it so I think look it helps. Anyway, we're 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 not going to get too sidetracked on this one. We we'll look ahead um to the Division One League final after this quick commercial break. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead, and the surrounding counties for over fifty years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Just before we look ahead to the the uh, Crystal Lock Cavangales game. I just want to bring our listeners' attention to Drumley are doing a drive-in bingo on the August Bank Holiday Monday coming up. It's in Cavan Institute Car Park on the Cathedral Road. It's at three o'clock, and there's five thousand euro in prize money, which must go on the day. So head on over to that if you like your bingo. I know that you love a bit of bingo, Paul, but we'll we'll not talk about your love of bingo. Uh, we'll go back to the football because Crystal Lock against Cavan Gales. In the league final in Cross Keys on Sunday, throw in is at three pm. Referee is Park Shorten. Um, on the day, this is this is going to be interesting because Darren McVitie's definitely home. I think both sides are damn close to full strength. Um, how do you see it going? Yeah, McVitie won his interest. In, um, uh, his transfer went through. Obviously, I saw that. I think it went through on the seventeenth of July on the GA website. So, um. That's gonna that's gonna certainly attract some extra people to the crowd because it'd be a novelty factor there. Former Cavan captain that hasn't played any football in the county since twenty nineteen, and here we are now in August twenty twenty two. Um, it's a long time. Like he was definitely back then. I think if you'd have taken a poll of football fans in the county, you wouldn't have found too many. They would have had him outside of their top five. Yeah. So so he's he's an elite player within the county, or he certainly was before he left. So really looking forward to seeing Dara back playing, and. Uh, that's one thing. I think it's. I think it has the makings of a, of a good game because it's it's two heavyweights. Now they had a, they had a terrible match in the championship last year. I think it was the worst game I attended last year in the championship. They drew ten points each at the same venue, and uh, I don't think we'll see that this time. I think we'll we'll see a much better game this time around. Well, if you look at it last year, and I don't mean to be um, down on Crushlow, but they were terrible by their standard in in. They started well in that championship, I thought. And then, for some reason, because they didn't win that first game, they started to question their own ability and question everything about them. And some of their performances were well, well below par. Um, but then for, for Cavan Gales, compare them to this year, I think Cavan Gales are five, six points a better team than they were last year. I think they're better organised. It's not as if they've any additional personnel, but they just seem to know what they're trying to do. And... I think they're playing at a better tempo. Um so I I think that this this would be close, but it would be close for a different reason than it was close last year, where last year it was close because it was looked like two poor sides to to give them both 
maybe a, a jab at it, but the, neither side looked like they were near their best last year in that championship. This year, I think that there's a bit more about both of them. Um, you know, looking at the matchups, who's who's going to get have Crushlog and anybody in the back line that's going to handle Gordon McKernan? I don't that's think so. very few teams have. <clears throat> I I think I think you're going to have to bring a midfielder back back to Mark Gordon McKernan because. Is there any team in the senior championship? And you, you you made a great point there a couple of weeks ago, which I've been thinking about a lot about the high ball coming back. But is there any is there any team in the senior championship who has who has a defender who's six foot three or over? There's not many. Like Killian Clark, I suppose, is six three. But he's intermediate. But they're intermediate. Sorry, yeah. Like there's not too many. The old style, big tall man, full back, doesn't play that position anymore because. The aerial bombardment doesn't happen anymore. Mm. Um, right. So there's not too many. So I think to mark your own McCarran at club level, anyway, you're going to need to to um, bring a midfielder back more than likely. Or you could even do what, what Mayo did and bring like Aidan O'Shea back to mark Kieran Donnelly that time. Maybe you've got to bring back an attacking midfielder slash forward. Someone but just compete with him aerially. They don't, uh, like, sorry, Crushlaw, yeah, to compete with him early, you could ask James Smith to do it, but he's not a defender. He, yeah. It's it's possibly the weak side of his game. So uh, Yeah, I, I could. I don't think James Smith's cut out for that, I agree. You know, so, like, who who do they have that can do that? Like That's Mid- one That's one thing that Crushlaw, Crushlaw don't have huge height in the team. No, that's they one don't. Thing. They don't. Um, and that's, that's going to be, that'll be interesting to see. But then, we also know, that Garod McKeon's favourite position isn't full forward by any means. Don't think he likes it in there that often. He goes in because he has to go in and because it works. But in general play, what what will happen, I have no doubt, is that he'll drift in there, he'll go in for periods within the game, but will he situate himself in there the whole time? I, I don't I don't see it. Now, if I'm Jason O'Reilly, I'm saying look at that full back line for Crush Lot. There's not a lot of height in there. Goalkeeper is relatively unte- untested or on, yeah, on on unsure under these high balls. We haven't seen a lot of like it, it's Thomas Board. I think has played the last few times. Yeah, know. I don't know why Malak is not, not playing. Whether he's injured or lost his place or what, I'm not sure. Yeah, so there's there's a change in there, um, and and with change, confidence has to be built up, and I don't think it's fully built up there either. So, I'm what to do? What to do have Damien is. Uh... It, the crush law defence reminds me a little bit of Casaran when they're in their prime in that it more or less picks itself. Now, I know Shane McVitie's gone there now, but for the most part, the full-back line generally has been John Cook, Paddy Riley and, and David Shalvey. Now, Shalvey has been playing a more advanced role this year, but generally he's been like the free scorer and attacking player wearing number four. The half-back line, Keen Boylan's a certainty, probably Conor Hill six, and then you maybe Mark Stewart, Owen Smith, Owen Smith someone like that, at wing-back. Rehill is really, Smith. or Peter Smith's in there this year, yeah. Rehill's re- really good option. in there. Peter Smith's possibly the option, yeah. Now, that's, he's, now you're he's, talking, yeah. He's 6'2, 6'3. Rehill's exceptionally good in the air. Yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe Rehill goes back to compete with him because what they have is really good ground game there. Like Cook is brilliant on the ground. Um, Key and Boylan, like he's absolutely. Absolutely, mm-hmm. go through a wall to get to get that breaking ball. Like they're probably going to have the detail a couple of lads there. Paddy Riley, I think, would probably pick up Paul O'Connor, unless they put Paddy on on uh, Garoda. I don't know. Yeah, I, do you know what the Rehill matchup works best because he's naturally your centre half back, and when Garoda slips out into that area, he's going to go with him. 
And then if he if he goes back in, Rehill is probably their best option under a high ball there as well. So um Mark Stewart is another option, I think, for them to to maybe try on him. But again, the, these are these are experimental. I, I don't have any evidence to say that any of them are going to be able to handle growth. You know, that and that's 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 the 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 advantage in it for for Crushella or for um Calvin Gales. But at the other end, I'm 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 trying to think right. Who's going to handle Paddy Lynch? Who who's going to handle oh, the Gills? Their number one man mark was Barry Fortune, so I reckon Barry Fortune possibly is it still. Who was who's ahead of him there? Like Evan McIntyre done the best man marking job that I've seen from the Gales boys in this in this year's league, but I don't see him going on to Paddy Lynch. I've I've seen Barry Fortune, and I think I think all the fortunes are actually. Barry for me would have been traditionally the best man marker there, but I'm I'm kind of thinking he's he's more into a footballer now than a than a direct man marker. And I, I don't know, Damien. I I I would I would say you'd probably be talking to the Gales fellas more than me, but I I would say that they they still see Barry as their as their bomb diffuser there. But regardless, let's say let's say he takes Lynch. I think they're struggling then. They're running out of bodies then because you've got a Mark Lynch, you've got a Mark, probably Darren McVitie, Stephen Smith, James Smith, Pierce maybe, Smith. and Pierce, and Brandon Boylan's going to need to. Brandon Boylan, yeah, Oren yeah. Oren Rehill's playing really well. Yeah, they're running out of bodies there. If you look at the back line that started against uh, Rammer, uh, Kevin Meehan, Niall Murray, Evan McIntyre, Niall Smith, Barry Fortune, Luke Fortune, like Luke went into the into the midfield. I'm pretty sure in the second half of that game, and. Did a great job. He played on the front foot very much that day. Maybe the guys are going to say, "Look, let's try and target him with someone like like Pierce or Stephen, and he's going to keep him honest, take that that really front foot play out of him." Who does Nia Murray pick up there? Like I thought that it was a really bad Nile. matchup with Edo last day. But is is, is Niall designed for somebody like a, a McVitie? If McVitie is in that forward lane. Or a Stephen I, Smith. I don't I, think I, he's got the legs for for. And I know we haven't seen Darren in a couple of years, but like, I think it'd be a big ass to ask Niall Murray to to pick up an explosive player like that at this stage. I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. I I think I think John Fortune is the one. If if I was picking the team, John Fortune would be on to Pierre Smith because I what I've seen of Crush Law, Pierre Smith has been huge for them. But I think John has the ability to to. To go and stuff out, and yet he's contributing a lot going forward. Like I, John Fortune is having the the season of his life, in my opinion. I think he's outstanding this year for Calvin Gills. Well, last year it was Barry Fortune who picked up Lynch, and uh, Lynch actually played well. He scored six points. I, I think I remember in that game he scored three points in play. And Mark Stewart played very well that day. Um, and there were like there were very few good performances really that day. But I, I'm right in saying that that um, Lynch and the Fortunes are, are cousins. Yeah. Yeah, so like, you know, Jason might be thinking, look, put John on Paddy Lynch here. He he's not going to be cowed by him or any way because he's a county player or anything like that because he's his cousin. You know, it's an interesting mm-hmm. dynamic there. Yeah. Um, so the matchups are going to be huge in this game. Well, the matchups are going to be everything, I think. Yeah. Because I, as much as, as much as we expect maybe Calvin Gales to hit long early ball, what if Crush Logo with James Smith and Paddy Lynch onto the inside line? And hold McVitie to the middle of the field with Mark Stewart or with Darren Gaffney, and they go long early ball. Are the Gales going to handle that? Like we've seen how how jittery they were when Edo Cole was in on that long high ball. So 
I, I think that the matchups are going to be massive and they'll dictate how the game is going to be played. If they get the matchups wrong on 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 three or four on either end, that's going to be enough for it to be a, a defeat. You know, I think it's that that Jimmy Higgins and Jason O'Reilly have as much to do with the with the outcome of this game as any of the players, and that's not usually the case. The managers are are pretty irrelevant, you know, because the players will go out and dictate it. But um, who they decide to put those matchups onto, like I, Pierre Smith, for me has probably been Crushlaw's best player throughout the league. So he's he's going to take a lot of watching. He's going to take massive watching. But if you if you spend too much time watching him, you're leaving James, Stephen, and 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 Paddy free. And Brandon Boylan is really playing out of his skin at the moment. And as I said, Oren Rehill, I think is is just is chomping at the bit there. Like he's, he's he got two goals in the semi final against Bally Hayes, and one of them was at a moment when you know Bally Hayes were were after bringing a wee bit of life into their campaign by getting a goal from Kevin Tierney. He could have just tapped it over the bar. He decides, no, 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 we're going we're gonna to really keep these boys down. So he showed a real ruthless streak to him. So I think that there's a, there's a lot. Yeah, there's probably in the forward line. Sorry, no. I'm going to say definitely in the forward line, Crush Law have the advantage. I think they have a better set of forwards than Calvin Gales have. But at club level, have Gales the best forward in the county in Gerald McKiernan that's what's going to be interesting can Paddy Lynch or James Smith try and take that that mantle from him both had had good seasons and Paddy Lynch had a really good season with the county but you got to do it and, and consistently do it to take the, the throne from the king and and and, uh, and I think Gerald is still the king around Cavan yeah I, I agree yeah it's a good way of looking at it the other thing about about crushing on the Gales is I, I don't think uh I don't think the Gales hold any fears for Crushlaw. Well, the Gales don't hold any fears for anybody. Well, Ra- I think Rammer have issues with the Gales. Like I would, the Gales. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, maybe I phrased that wrong. I, I, I think the Gales aura has dimmed, but but the Gales would still fancy themselves always to beat Rammer. Like we've seen that. Yes. Even though Rammer beat them last year in the semi final, it was by a point, and I don't think it was a vintage Gales team. To be fair, um. This year they they came from eight down and and Rammer just weren't able to kick on and and beat the Gales comfortably end up losing the game in the semi final. Uh, whereas Crush Law it's different. It's just a different dynamic. You see the county level as well. But I, I think that that Crush Law always fancied the job. This particular bunch of Crush Law players, I think they always fancied the job against the Gales. Do you remember in the championship, um, twenty nineteen, wasn't it when Crush Law when when Jimmy Higgins left off a couple of key Crush Law players and still went out and beat the Gales comfortably bet them, bet them easily even before that like um, they lost them in a close game out in, in corner fin that could be 2017 semi-final or, yeah, or quarter final I think maybe yeah. in 2017 yeah. last year the Gales did beat them in Kilnalek in the league last year in, in a rip-roaring game um, so, but last year Crush Law went on no to be fair that was a good scalp at the time because I do remember making the point last year that at half time in the in the league final, like things couldn't have looked any rosier for Crush Law. They were beating Garner something like two, five to four points and uh, you know, they were the county champions, they're seven points up at half time in the league final and the whole world was stretched out before them, like and they ended up knocking out of the group. So but at that point that was a great win for the Gales. This year they met in the league uh, in Terry Coyle and Crush Law came away with a two point win in round five. So I think Crush Law generally had the upper hand on them 
in the last couple of years. And I think that counts for, for, for quite a bit in these games. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it does. But I, I think there's something more about the games this year than there has been in the last few years, which is going to sound ridiculously stupid for me because I've been kind of going, oh, no, the Gales can still win it, the Gales. This year, they like... I think they're better this year than they were last year. Is the way I'll, I'll finish it off with them, and I I think that there's they weren't a million miles off it last year either. So, um, yeah, okay, look at we 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 could go through it all. I think there's there's an awful lot of matchups that we we go through on it. I think that I can I can see this being very very close. I don't think there's going to be a one sided affair, bar something kind of happens that they that crush will get. Uh, Maybe get a couple of early goals or real early goals, but even at that, the game showed that they could fight back from from eight points down against Rammer. So, um, I think I'm still gonna I'm gonna tip Krushla to win it, but I'm gonna give them a two point two point win at the end, Krushla just to get over the line. Yeah, I'm gonna tip Krushla as well. I think they might win it by a little bit more than that. Um, like they were in the final of this last year. And a defeat in it was probably a bit of a disaster for them going into the championship last year. When you look back, the, the rock kind of set in there and they never rediscovered their form. Uh, so I'm going to go with Crush Law to win the game by a few points. Okay. Okay. Very good. Well, look, it's a, it's, it's a good opportunity for people to get in and see two of the, the heavyweight uh, senior teams in the county going toe-to-toe um, a couple of weeks before championship kicks off for them. So... Uh, I've no doubt there'll be a there'll be a massive crowd at this game. There'll be there'll be well over a thousand people at this game in Cross Keys. So advice is Paul, and I know this is something you don't always take heed of, but get in there early, Paul. Don't be late. Don't be late. And, that, and that's going from <laughs> that's going from the latest man in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> okay folks thanks a million for listening to the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast best of luck to all teams all four teams participating this weekend and uh, best of luck to the county board on their current woes and <laughs> and, and uh, decisions they have in front of them or Mickey Graham's decision in front of him we hope to bring an end to that saga soon yes it was great yes it was great yes it was great stuff and Larry has put it over the bar it was hard fast football after that Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Kevin to get come back into the big time? And then McCabe, and it's over the lap, and Kevin are not buried yet. Have them doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh, yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill, what a day he is having! Oh, this is brilliant by Kevin! Dandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah, yeah! <laughs>